The Dr. Taz Show. The podcast, Dr. Taz. Superwoman Wellness. Here's Dr. Taz. Welcome back to Superwoman Wellness, where on every episode of the show, we are going to uncover the secrets to being superpowered and being the superwoman you're meant to be. Joining me today is a very special guest from New York City. I have Beth Warren. Beth is a nationally recognized uh, nutritionist and author of Secrets of a Kosher Girl and founder of Beth Warren Nutrition. She has three thriving practices in New York City and in Brooklyn and writes a blog featuring recipes, food photos, commentary on nutrition topics in the news and other wellness topics. Welcome to the show, Beth. Thanks for having me. Well, we're thrilled to have you. And it looks like your book, Secrets of a Kosher Girl, uh, was released, I think, over the summer. How's the book doing and what kind of inspired you to write it? Um, Thank God it's doing really well. Um, I think it's always amazing when you're an author as well to see what people um, come out getting from the book that you maybe mm-hmm. didn't think they would get out of it. So I love like to discover all their secrets that they uncovered um, from reading the book. So it's doing really well. It's um, it's a book about a 21-day plan to help reset and refresh people um, back to more of an internal uh, feeling of mindfulness and in- intuitive eating, I guess we could call it these days, um, even though the book was yeah. actually written a few years ago. Um, and to go ahead and, and find that by following an actual plan and coming up with ways with their food and their fitness and their mindfulness um, throughout the plan. Fantastic. And I have to ask, why is it called Secrets of a Kosher Girl? <laughs> well, <laughs> good question. So I was brought up um, keeping kosher. Um, uh-huh. I'm Jewish. And I found through my private practice that I was counseling clients over these, we've been in practice now for about 13 years, and I'm seeing how people would say, you know, I know what to do, I just don't do it, I don't know why I can't do it, I do something and then I can't keep keep doing it, um, whether it's a plan, weight loss goals, weight maintenance, whatever it means for them, um, and I was trying to figure out, you know, I, I'm here and, I, and just telling people what they can and can't eat is, is not doing it. You know, they're coming here telling me what they should and shouldn't be eating. Right. So what's right. like the commonality here that people are missing? And a lot of it is mindfulness um, and, you know, listening to themselves and seeing what works for them instead of someone telling them what to do. Um, and I learned a lot of that by keeping kosher because there's a lot of mind, inherent mindfulness built into that type of lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. about, you know, reading food labels, looking at the food you're eating, being cognizant of what you're, what kind of foods you're mixing together. And, and then also just the fact that our behaviors say, we say blessings before and after meals. Um, we do all these behaviors around food that help us focus on it more or should help us. Some people ignore that too, but it's built right. into the system. And I found that when I was using those things, I've learned to help other people, whether they keep kosher or not, um, it really helps click with them. It was that, that piece they were missing to say, oh, wow, this really is about me. You know, what, what is it about mm-hmm. me? Like, you, you could guide me, and we do work with structured plans. We do explain people on um, the best way to eat in terms of them figuring out if, whether or not they truly enjoy your food or don't enjoy your food or, you know, without these um, external triggers and, and, and food choices that may be inhibiting them from seeing what they really like and don't like. Um, so we do work with a structure, which is why the 21 days are really structured, but then it's meant to give them the tools they need to move on from those 21 days in a way that works for them specifically. 
Yeah, 21 days really does seem to be the magic for everybody out there listening. Don't ever start something and then quit it in a couple of days and say it didn't work because it really does see, seem like that 21 day, that three week is sort of the magic number of helping establish habits, adjusting and seeing some results. But then of course, that's not the be all and the end all. There's there's more to come after that for sure. Uh, it sounds like you had a weight story yourself and lost weight on your own. How do you motivate folks listening today to, you know, to lose weight and to stay motivated, I think is so frustrating for people when, you know, they do the right things and the 21 days goes by and, you know, they're not seeing the results that they want. How do you keep somebody motivated? What worked for you? Give us a little bit of insight into that. Yes, that's a great question. Um, I've always been on the higher end of my weight. I I wouldn't consider myself have been obese, but I I always had to, I guess you could, people will call it watch what you eat. Um, I also have five kids, thank God. So I'm not one of those skinny, mini pregnant people. I gained 44 pounds, and that's even when I'm watching myself. So a lot of it is, you know, um, things that, and you have to get that weight off. It doesn't just go away with the baby. Right. (laughs) Um, And a lot of factors like that. I think um, I'm lucky to have been brought up with uh, a couple of lifestyle factors. First of all, like I said, keeping the kosher diet, but also... Growing up, I loved to dance. I, I took dance classes forever just because it was fun. So I always mm-hmm. had that fitness aspect involved in my life, but like not in a way that felt like work. It felt like just something fun that I really love to do and want to do. So that was kind of always there. I never knew really how to eat well growing up. I ate, I loved food. I knew that. I loved all mm-hmm. kinds of food. I got excited around food. I still do. So I guess when it was coming down to me having to feel like, oh, wow, I need to watch what I'm eating now. Like, how am I going to do this? It's always really important to me and even for my clients that everyone sincerely still enjoys what they're eating and that, you know, we're, we're looking to celebrate food and, and enjoy all the foods you should and can have in order to get to your goals, not feel right. like you're being super deprived or restricted, that you're feeling, I hate what I'm doing right now and, and food just became something that's not enjoyable anymore. I, I hate hearing that and seeing that in people who've been on you know, crazy plans over and over again and and are just lost the whole idea of what food is. So Mm -hmm. that was always important to me. Um, And then in terms of like motivating people, um, it's, it's sort of like bringing that all together where I I see the the various areas that have to kind of be paid attention to when you're undergoing a process of either weight loss or just being healthy or like health and wellness. It's all really the same thing that you really shouldn't just think of it as just the food. That's a lot of pressure, and it's right. like I said, it ends up taking away a lot of enjoyment from life. You should focus on other areas that are very empowering and help you not only keep motivated, but you're able to also see results in those areas as well. So it's not so singular focused, and that comes down to what people would call fitness. But again, it could be something fun that you enjoy that's moving, um, and then it, and then there's this mindfulness aspect of you know we talk about this, let's say in yoga, like people might know it from, but setting an intention. So in the 21 days, each day, I give sort of this, like, I call it like a kosher quote, like something brought mm-hmm. down from my Jewish history, um, just to help people set an intention. It's, it's a classic quote, but then I'll give my spin on it of just people to set people's mind for the day of saying like, oh, wow, like an empowering, you know, thought to get them through the day. And that's something I carried through to my Instagram account, which is um, at Beth underscore Warren that mm-hmm. on my story every day, people look forward to like, I kind of do a, like a lifestyle pick of me and I do um, a, a quote, a motivational quote. And it, it just 
I need it. <laughs> People say, right. how do you come up with these great quotes? And I was right. like, that's something I need. So yeah. I think helping to keep people motivated is giving them these areas of things to focus on, um, not just the weight or the number, um, and letting them feel empowered by getting those results. I could not agree more. And it's just funny, as I'm listening to you talk, I'm, I'm questioning how much is food truly a necessity for us as much as it was meant to be celebratory, uh, bringing community together, bringing families together, bringing, being more of a medium in which for us to engage our emotions. And I think it's been reduced to something that, um, you know, has become very packaged or processed or convenienced as a, as a quick fix, you know, much like our medicine, right? And so I think this whole idea from the Jewish tradition of, of being kosher and being very conscious about what you're eating and how you're eating and what you're mixing and the intention behind eating, I think that's really powerful. It's, it never ceases to amaze me whether I look at Eastern, you know, medical traditions or I look at religious customs, which, you know, are so old and go back so far in time, how many of these things were very prescriptive and had such medicinal, you know, legitimacy to it. So I just think that it's, it's really unique that you're bringing that into this whole conversation on health and wellness and food, which we talk about all the time. What do some of your successful clients have in common? Give us a window into the people that work and succeed. I know I can answer that for some of my patients, but what do you see amongst your clients? One thing that might surprise yeah, I totally hear your question because one mm-hmm. thing that might surprise you that came to my mind right when you said that, which even just surprised me, is that they give it time. Mm-hmm. Like I think that that's huge because yeah. people don't give it enough time. And what I mean by time is not just the results on the scale. It's that they need to give it time to manifest so smoothly into their everyday life that they feel like this is me now. Like this right. is me, like I've always been, but me with doing these, these new changes. That feels so normal um, and so routine that it just takes time sometimes. I actually wrote an Instagram post on that with when everyone was doing this like kind of like Wednesday, I don't know, it was like a before and after a recent thing. Um, No, something was going around Instagram. And I did one of my like one of my postpartum pictures, like my one of the biggest weight gain I had after my daughter. And I did one now. And I said that out of everything, you know, and I could tell you what's eating diet and this and that but it really sometimes just takes time. And there's a lot of other factors sometimes, like especially postpartum, like hormonally, I was breastfeeding, this and that, and it just takes time. And people don't give it enough time. And 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 I think that, again, it's, it comes down to like giving yourself less pressure because of it. So one of them, of my most successful clients with the biggest amount of weight loss and the, and the, the their numbers, oh, so I'll get into that second one, but it mm-hmm. would be the time factor. And I'm very into... Um, I'm very pro giving it time. And I explain that why that's important with fat loss and all these other factors, um, because I want them to be implementing it into their real life. And sometimes that's lower changes, but right. consistent. And, and that's, I guess, the big point is the consistency. They're all really consistent. And consistency does not mean no setbacks. It means that they pick themselves back up and they get right back to it and then lose, you know, three pounds that next week. Um, so, the consistency factor. Also, I mentioned in there was the blood work. Um, I'm very focused on keeping people healthy from the inside out. Like everything, every factor should be related. Um, And I think that when people are just well and healthy, the weight kind of follows that. Um, So when people are coming to me, usually with high cholesterol or or diabetes, whatever, I've had many Mm -hmm. clients who even diabetes, where they claim you can't 
the, the bigger claim is that you can't reverse it. I've seen it right, happen. Right. So it's really amazing when you come at, at it from that multidisciplinary approach and lifestyle-based factors that they all try to hit, giving it time, um, keeping motivated and consistent. That's really what they all have in common. Yeah. And I think that I see the same thing in my practice and, you know, the type of medicine that we practice is slow, a slow medicine, just like slow food. You know, it's just, right. there's no like, Hey, take this. I'm going to miraculously get you better. It's a lot of shifting chemistry and physiology, which requires patience and time. And, you know, you do see some immediate results, but the big results are usually a little bit further down the road and people lose motivation and they lose patience because we're such a quick fix culture. Yeah. But I think returning back to that concept, whether we're eating, whether we're preparing our food, whether we are worried about our health, that, you know, giving things time, giving them, you know, being in the 21 day plus mentality rather than the 21 day under mentality, I think is really, really important in terms of seeing success. Um, talk to us about what trigger foods do. And this is a fun one for me right now, because, um, I have just returned from a 10 day trip to Italy where I have eaten everything that I normally don't eat, uh, and enjoyed it for sure. <laughs> but, but I'm trying now to deal with how do I get rid of now my persistent sugar cravings? Cause there's no panna cotta and gelato at my disposal. So, so talk to us a little bit about trigger foods and, and your tips on eliminating them and identifying, you know, kind of the emotional response that goes to attacking a particular trigger food. What's your best hack for that? Right. Um, so the three days, the 21 days, I guess you could say is really targeted towards um, eliminating those trigger foods so that you can honestly see whether or not, you know, you truly like something instead of being addicted to something else and then thinking you don't like something. So I would say things with, with a lot of um, added sugar and highly processed foods. Basically, my focus, if people even just look at my profile, like on the Instagram account, I love that what what screams from it is plant-based. And plant-based mm -hmm. doesn't mean vegan. And it doesn't mean, you know, no meat, no anything. It means that when you look at your meals, um, even snacks, what you see is mostly vegetables and even fruits throughout the day. So when you have a diet that's catered around that, you're already shifting your food sensitivities and your cravings to completely different um, ends of the spectrum. So you have your sweet foods, and that could even be highly carb carbohydrate-based foods because all carbohydrates turn into sugar in your body, so your brain's having that same sensation. And then the other side of the spectrum are the bitter foods, which is more vegetable-oriented. So they're complete opposites. So if you're, I'm never surprised when a client tells me they don't like vegetables when they're eating mostly bread all the time and snacking on cakes and cookies. And I was like, I'm like, don't worry about it because that's just the, I always tell them like, that's the zone you're in right now. That's the cycle. That's not you. Mm -hmm. That's not you. That's just the way you're eating. And that's what you're stuck in, which also going to Italy and wherever you were, it was amazing. I'm sure it was pastas and things like that. It's very quick to flip the switch in your body and your brain to kind of now crave these things because our body, I'm never worried people wouldn't have sugar. It's our body's way of surviving. So we're going to have carbs in our life and we should, but we should work, work more from whole food sources that kind of give us those, um, you know, obstacles, those like stop signs while we're eating them, like foods like sweet potato where it's just high in fiber as well. So at least when you're having something that's breaking down to sugar, it's a complex carbohydrate. So it's also giving you the fiber um, you need to kind of slow you down over there, not only internally with your blood sugar response, but also helping you get fuller faster. So when you use these tools of food that are giving a little bit of sweetness to you, 
but also giving you those um, things to halt you along the way, those are the kinds of foods you need. And that's what I feel like I play with during the 21 Ds. You know, I play with mm-hmm. things that are a little bit more processed, like a certain bar that I would recommend because I want it to be a little bit convenient for people. Um, but I also play with not going highly processed uh, foods that are literally designed by food manufacturers to cause us to want to eat more of them. They're, they're there to right. sell products. So they're going right. to make foods really yummy. And once you pop, you can't stop. And all those taglines that make me nervous <laughs> when right. I hear them. Um, and uh, just try to cut those out and more plant-based vegetables. Try to get switch your, your sensitivity from sweet to more bitter. Um foods and watch those like added sources of sugars and sweetness. Perfect. Well, I have one last question for you before I let you go. How do you balance five children with your practices and everything else? What's your sort of secret, secret sauce there to, mm-hmm. to truly having a lot on your plate? Right. So now you can see I have tons of secrets. Um, <laughs> there's really no, you know, big answer to this. I always like laugh when I hear it. I, I guess it, I know it's a very obvious question. Um, I honestly don't think about it like that. I feel like if I had to stop and think, how do I do it or how am I going to do it, I would get very overwhelmed. So I really take things um, day by day, and I'm a very structured, time-oriented person. So I really have my list of priorities, and um, I make sure they give the attention that they need in those times. Um, There's definitely things that get cut to the wayside because of that. Um, My kids always come first, obviously, so... Mm-hmm. It's just a shuffling of different things that might come up. But fitness has always been lucky, like I said, to have had it always in my life. So it would feel very odd to me not to fit it in. Um, with fitness especially, which I think is the, like the biggest thing that I think is amazing that I'm able to stick in, it's because I threw out the idea that you have to exercise by 9.30 a.m. every morning. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. literally going sometimes at 2 p.m. at all these funky times um, because that's just what works for my schedule. And once I was able to, like, break free of that time restriction, I'm able to somehow fit it in because it's always the top of my mind. I also admittedly wear my exercise leggings under my skirts every day. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, could li- <laughs> I could literally run and, like, shave off five minutes of having to, like, change. Um, oh, my so gosh. So I also learned these little time hacks along the way. But if you do look at my Instagram and you see leggings, it's what they are. Everyone thinks it was some fashion theme, and it's not. It's just. <laughs> just because I want to go exercise at some point today. Um, wow. And then, of course, having like, we're in, I'm in New York, so there's lots of places right. that you can have access to um, to go do something. Yeah, I think it's, you know, again, just making yourself a priority when you've got so much so much stuff happening and so much wonderful things, you know, so many different wonderful things in your life. So I know it's a challenge for all women out there. I know there's so many amazing women and men listening to the show who would get inspiration from just even knowing that hack, put your leggings on guys, put them on, put them on under your clothes. So there's no excuse. Put on their sneakers. Yeah. When they get home, put on their sneakers. Like even if you Uh, can't work out for another hour, get, get something on. I like it. I, well, thank you so much for taking time to join us today. If uh, anyone from the audience wants to reach out to you and connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, well, they could contact me on Instagram for sure. It's Beth underscore Warren or on my website, BethWarrenNutrition.com. There is a contact page on there with all my info. 
Fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us. And for everybody else out there, thank you for listening to this episode of Superwoman Wellness, which is now on Spotify as well. And if you have questions about today's show, connect with me on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Taz MD. And if you enjoyed the show, please rate and review and share it with your friends. I'll see you guys next time.